Welcome to the Injection Connection, in-depth discussions with thought leaders and professionals in the polyurethane infrastructure repair industry. Welcome to the latest and well overdue um, episode of the Injection Connection. I've got Murray Haywood with me, and he's the first person, not that we have a giant repertoire of guests, but he's our first drummer that's uh, on this. And uh, uh, let's see, what you, you started your band, what, like in 82? The band has been together off and on, you know, uh, since 1982. Yeah. That's it. It started as a punk band, right? Yes. Uh, and we still have those leanings. Uh, little, little, I mean, punk now is a bit, you know, we're, we're not like in today's punk world, we're pretty mild. Sure. We're, sure. we're, we're more like the Ramones than we are like the, you know, black flag or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Whoever <laughs> thought back like in 82 or, or back then when we were doing all this stuff that we'd be old people being, you know, in that scene. So yeah. that's funny. Uh, but anyway, I derailed it completely with that. Uh, Murray also, besides being a, uh, drummer as a, uh, long history in coatings and paintings and uh, I guess you've worked for Sherman Williams you're currently at Corrosion Pro, uh, Probe Incorporated yep um, so and you you were at Sherman Williams what twice correct yes I well I've been in I've been in the industry now my well my entire uh, life I grew up in the paint uh, my father was a paint contractor and and so I started at a really young age I mean I don't I say 40 years uh, but in reality, it's actually longer than that. But, you know, I think for labor laws, I can't mention that I was working at like 12 and 13 with my dad, but uh, he's long gone, so they can't get him. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it's been a long time. And uh, I started off as an applicator and then I worked for DeVoe Coatings uh, for uh, a couple times and then Sherwin Williams for a couple times. And then I was on my own for a while. And so I've kind of bounced around and now I've landed at Corrosion Probe, which I'm very happy to be uh, sort of the last leg of my career, I guess, if you could say, for, sure. the, for lack of a better term. Excellent. Yeah. And, and Murray's time when I met him, he was uh, working at Sherwin Williams. I was working at, at, at Avanti. Uh, and um, he then moved up to the wastewater market manager for North America. So he, yeah. he was, and that was a, a new division that, that was started up to, uh, uh, I guess, so Sherwin Williams could get into to manhole work. That, that yeah, well, just uh, I think it was more just because Sherwin Williams realized that if you're too seg like if you're not focused, right? If your your reps are just selling whatever they can sell, there's no focus. They always go for the low hanging fruit, right? Which sure. is not the water and wastewater industry, as you know is a tough process because it's all spec driven and standards driven. You can't just sell whatever you want or they can't just use whatever they want. It, it, there's a whole process. So it needs focus. So they, they brought in that division to really laser focus on it is what they did. Yeah. And it seems to be doing, doing really, really well with that. And anyway, so that's, that's how uh, I was introduced. We, we met and we did a number of uh, trainings together and all that. I always like to, to say um, the biggest competitor that uh, we see as a manufacturer, but just in grouting it at all, because I've been three manufacturers, um, and I've said this the whole time, it, it's, it's ignorance. People in different industries don't understand, and, and grouting's always 
ancillary to an industry. I, I typically don't find a, uh, a grouter who's just, that's all they're doing. You, you know, they're doing coatings, they're doing something else. So in this case, uh, coatings that ha have, have led us together there. Um, well, even from an educational standpoint, when you say grout, it's it's like people if if they don't know what you're talking about they uh, what are you talking about my tiles or are you talking about because then there's there's grouts that we uh, epoxy grouts and cementitious grouts that we use to build up surfaces and level you know it's a very broad term so when you say grout they don't necessarily know what you're talking about yeah yeah and, and so just to prove that I am the the grout geek uh, it's <laughs> like fifteen uh, was it the fifteen hundreds grout was actually porridge and you know porridge when it sat for a while got hard yes and, and that's the whole concept of grout grout's basically some type of a, a liquid or, or, or kind of slurry type mix that just sets up and, and hardens but right. there's all different types of properties i, I was on i cry committee for a couple of years this was back uh in, in the 2000s and um we couldn't even define grout we, we could not come down to an agreement when everybody agreed on, on what grout was because we did. We had epoxy guys and all kinds of stuff. So, so yeah. Um, and, and it's because, you, you know, I, I think we've had a lot of focus in, in this world in the last way. Everything gets a lot sharper. You, you know, a hundred years ago, Olympic athletes used to train for, you know, a couple months and go to the Olympics. Now it's a lifetime career and, and we have lifetime focus people. And so it's, it's the same thing now where you're finding companies focus and they try to find an exact way they're going to do things, but grouting never falls into an exact way. It's always such a big mess. So no one really wants to, I, I guess that's why there's no giant industry behind it. it you, you know, so uh, that's why there's people like me. I'm on this giant catfish in this little bitty pond of grouting, which is like 1% of all grouting is the chemical grouting. So it's, it's a real tiny industry. Yeah, I know, but, but it's, it's interesting because you know, even when it comes to the protective coating side of things, when when people don't people don't understand it, including some engineers and whatnot, they they just don't necessarily understand all the concepts. And 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 when people find out what I do for a living, they they kind of scratch their head and goes that like that's a thing. Yep. <laughs> right. and, and then the next question after that is like, so is that brand new? <laughs> you know, and you're like. Do I look brand new and it's older than me? So no, I mean. Well, it's funny. What's funny when I'm at the border crossing over and they go, well, what do you, what do you do exactly? I go, I'm, I'm a coding specialist. And they go like computer code. I went, no, right. co coating, coating, <laughs> yes. paint, paint. Yep. And they, they look at you and they scrunch up their face and they go, there's paint specialists. Like that's a thing. <laughs> it's like, you know. uh, every time autocorrect is, routing they want to change it to, to like grouping or meeting or something they, they they don't want to use the word grouting at all problem, right? so um so we've talked about kind of how you got in, into the industry what 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 are some of uh from your point of view uh, when it comes to grouting what are some of the common mistakes or, or problems you, you see that people just deal with repeatedly well, I mean, when it comes to like in my world, in the coatings world, one of our biggest um, challenges is water, right? Uh, keeping it where you want it or not keeping it, uh, not letting it get in where you don't want it. And, and it water, that water molecule creates a lot of damage and, and concrete, which is predominantly the work that we do. Uh, in the infrastructure world, like 85% of uh, uh, water and wastewater structures are concrete. And concrete 
has very poor uh, elongation properties, doesn't stretch very well, but it does move a lot because of settlement and this and that and inflection when you're loading tanks on loading. So you get cracks and and you have to stop. And, and if we don't address the water coming in or whatnot, it, it creates even bigger issues. So grout plays a huge role in doing that. And, and I mean, I think one of the challenges that I see is people don't understand um, that you just can't fill it with some cement and because if it cracks again it's going to leak again you can't you just can't fill it with an epoxy uh injection because that's rigid and it's not you know so there's just the misconception of how to deal with it is is prevalent and and it's something that we try to explain a lot and just mistakes are made where they'll well we're just going to put hydraulic cement in and 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 fix it that way or or we're going to do this or ah the coating should handle it you know and we shouldn't have to do this extra work and so i just see the mistakes in in the materials they select to do the repairs and not understanding necessarily that that it has to be treated or it's gonna you know you're just spending thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars to rehab this and you're going to skip that part that's going to wreak havoc on your system right so these are the those are the common mistakes it's a lack of understanding really at the, when you get to the bottom of it of of how it all works together yeah and, and, and i guess what always i find interesting about that because i mean neither one of us were engineers that have gone and gotten those type of degrees and stuff like that so we're not always the smartest person in the room typically i'm nowhere even close to that but i may not be the smartest person <laughs> in this room right here there you go. i'll <laughs> give you that one <laughs> I'll, I'll take that thank you um but uh, um, really, what you find, it's not that this industry, it, it, it's not that it's rocket science or hard to figure out. It's that it's non-intuitive. And most of the time, it, it's people just overlook it. They, they don't even understand that it's something. So, so again, it, it's, it's not a fear thing of, oh, you're just never going to figure, figure this out and be able to launch a rocket to Mars. It, it comes down to um, people just make common mistakes with it. Like, like you mentioned with the epoxy, the, the, there's no elongation or very little elongation for concrete at all. And, and you'll have people, they waterproof the epoxies all the time. And then they get a mirror crack right by it. And they're like, whoa, didn't we just fix this last year? And you're like, there it is. Yeah. And it's just, they, they, it's ignorant. They don't understand it and, and don't look at it because it's that small section of the market, I think. Yeah. And there's also a certain amount of, uh, you know, where it's an afterthought. You know, it's not part of the original plan. They don't look at it. They don't consider it. They think that the coating is going to solve all these problems, or the lining is going to solve all these problems, and and they it's an over they overlook it, and and uh, and don't realize just how damaging. Like I mean, you, you know, depending where you are in the country or in 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 North America, um, you know, uh, where I reside, things freeze and a lot, and yeah. and and when concrete concrete hits moisture and it freezes, it expands, it spalls, you know, water creates so many problems. Water is a, a probably the number one uh, uh, damaging material on the planet, like when it comes right down to it. So, so uh, you know, it's just overlooked a lot. And, and I often will bring it up and, you know, there's only so much I can do. I, you can lead the horse to water, right? Um, and so I'll bring it up. I mean, this should be, ah, you know, and, and they fluff it off and only to have it circle back and become a problem later, right? Right. And, 
I, we, I've worked with a distributor, and I have no idea the accuracy of this banner, but I, I, I loved what it said. It said that the, the normal construction budget for a, a new, you know, like high-rise building, 2% of it's waterproofing, whereas 98% of litigation is water intrusion. So, you know, I like I said, no idea on the percentages there, but. It, it, well, it, you know, it's probably not too far off because, you know, water is a damaging substance when it gets in and starts working its way through and, and no coatings, uh, you know, despite the claims that people make, manufacturers make about, well, our coating will withstand hydrostatic pressure, our coating will stand backside pressure, and it won't. Not not long term. The only way to the only way to solve it might in the you know beginning until you drive away, and and maybe even until you cash the check perhaps. But um, it will be a problem at some point. And and the only way to successfully do these things is by stopping the water from getting in. You know, don't let it get in in the first place, and then it won't be a problem. So that's why we line the insides. Uh, to protect the surface so we have to figure out some way to keep the moisture out so grouting is is you know and you know in a lot of cases um you know if you're talking about underground things and things of that nature there's so many cool tricks that you've taught me and 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 you, you grout geeks have taught the coding geeks um that that can be done without as much invasive sort of digging and and prodding around and ripping this out and putting this in and and you can do so much of it uh um simply by knowing where to start and drilling holes and pumping uh grout in so i mean i learned a lot from you actually about it uh, uh, a ton and and so yeah it's it's one of those things that comes up all the time but it's it's mostly ignorance and just you know partially ignorance, partially indifference, and then, and then, uh, you know, just afterthought. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of it also comes down to you, you have GCs and they're focused, you know, on their Gantt charts and how the, to, to move this multi-million dollar product along. And then you're talking about a small percentage of it, or, or it's not even a percent, it's a problem that's come up. And so they don't, realize the long-term effects of just skipping over that or whatever because they're focused on what the fire is at that 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 time right there so a lot of times we were brought in we're dealing with people that now are closing out a project or trying to finish it up going oh well you know i heard months ago this is gonna bite me in the butt and here it is now i can't get my paycheck because we're still leaking on this tank or whatnot right and probably one of the places that it's understood the most and it's used a lot in this way is the underground. So in the sewer manhole restoration, I mean, most of the people that are playing in that game now at least understand the whole inflow and infiltration and what it does to the system and how it, you know, wreaks havoc on the plant and, and their capacity levels. And, you know, we, we are, I shouldn't say everybody, but I mean, anybody who's in the business has seen the, the classic, you know, manhole eruption and the, the, yep. you know, I was in actually uh, a few years ago, I was down in Louisiana in new Orleans for a conference. I can't remember whether it was WEF tech or SSPC or something. And we just outside our hotel, a huge rain event happened and and you could hear the 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 uh manhole lids dancing on all around the streets you could hear it right you could hear it and people are going what is that i'm going oh just watch 
And soon, but within probably five, six minutes, all of a sudden the manholes were coming off the lid and they're heavy. It well, takes a, if you've never lifted one up, they're, they're <laughs> heavy. And these things just came out and the water was spewing and that, you know, when people see that they they kind of understand it but it's understood a little bit more in that market where i find that there's a lack of understanding of it is in the wastewater treatment plant itself because there's all kinds of problems in water treatment and wastewater treatment with leakage um and and with cracks and and just you know i've been in plants and walking through them and and there's just water dripping everywhere and like is that a problem and they're like oh yeah i just been doing that for years i you know yeah. they just walk by it because it's always been there and they've never dealt with it and they and a lot of times you go well you know there's a solution for that. <laughs> and right. they're like oh really you know how to fix that we've tried everything we've put hydraulic cement in we've tried to plug it with silicone they've tried everything i said yeah there's actually actually a fairly simple way to fix it. <laughs> and that, that ties right in. I mean, I train, it's in my PowerPoints, last line, when to use polyurethanes, when everything else has failed. That's usually a polyurethane, you know, chemical rod job. It's some weird application like that. But yeah, I, I want to, I want to, um, there's something I always say, and I want to run it by you because you probably have, uh, you could verify or tell me if I'm wrong on, on this, but when you look at potable water tanks, those things are typically like three foot th thick and they're chock full of rebar. I mean, they're just stuff full of rebar. So any type of drilling crack injection on them is just nightmarish. Uh, so a lot of people don't like to do that. And, and normally what you get when those things leak, you just have a hairline crack because you have so much concrete in there. So what I, I see, and I don't know how often, but uh, what I imagine happens a lot of times, so you have people just come with hydraulic cement, they rub that out. But you still then have three foot of concrete with water all the way through it and all that reinforcing steel potentially rusting. And you mentioned freeze thaw effect. That's about uh, 12 times expansion when water freezes. But yes. when you look at corrosion, uh, NACE has put out that it's about seven or eight times expansion when, when the steel rusts. Yes. So it's not as dramatic as, as freeze thaw. But still, I mean, six times well, is, is going to blow up the concrete. Well, you got to remember that rebar will, will uh, like if you have rebar, um, it will expand about seven times itself, right? And, and But you remember the, the tensile strength of concrete is very weak. Concrete does not hold itself together very well. It doesn't take much to start to get th that expansion happening and, and to, to make the problem worse. So you have to keep the moisture out as much as possible. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the thing with potable water, especially concrete potable water tanks, uh, ground storage tanks, is that um, if you want to become un very unpopular, and I can speak to this because I've done it, um, if you want to go into an AWWA, like uh, D110 uh, concrete, uh, pre-stressed concrete uh, uh, tank committee and mention protective coatings. They they want to string you up because it's it's um, they want to sell it as maintenance free and and you don't need to line it because you know concrete and and truly they don't uh, need to line it except for when you start get some deterioration and then you get water in and once water gets in and then that that whole deterioration is expedited right where where so you got to keep the moisture out and and you want to keep it away from the rebar and sometimes we see for instance in in wastewater you know 
when you're talking about potable water tanks, they're engineered and built and and everything, but uh, and and precast a lot of them. But when you get into wastewater treatment plants, where you'll find a lot of times mistakes are made and the rebar is too close to the surface, right? And then any water that gets in is going to create that issue. Uh, much quicker because that rebar is going to get more moisture. It's going to it's going to um, uh, expand and con, uh, uh, quicker and, and cause more damage. So um, I think that the, it, where where you see more uh, need for grouting in in the potable water world is more to do with treatment plants again, right? Because a lot of these treatment plants are are getting along in the tooth. Um, their concrete has a, you know, 50 year design life and, and a lot of our stuff is there, right? right? A lot of stuff has reached that light and we have no money to replace it. I mean, we barely have money to fix it. Right. So, right. so, you know, I think like, you know, grouting is, is, uh, uh, on both sides. I mean, obviously you have to have NSF, uh, proved, uh, groats yeah. and whatnot, but yeah, they play a role in both, uh, um, you know, wastewater and water, but certainly, um, uh, on, on rebar, you're correct. You got to stop yeah. that moisture. Yeah. So, um, then, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's super in depth and you threw out some terminology that I had no idea or, or, or some acronyms that I don't know what they were, but, but it reminded me question I, I, I wanted to ask you is you have a bunch of uh, acronyms after your, your name. You're MCI, PCS, ACS. Yes. What are all those? Well, PCS is Protective Coding Specialist. Okay. Uh, MCI is Master Coding Inspector. There you go. And that just means that I have I have level three from both NACE and SSPC. Okay. And I have a Concrete Coding Inspector level two, and I have uh, you know all all the different credentials, and they so they just call you a Master Coding Inspector, and and then ACS is actually an Architectural Coding Specialist. Okay. And there's, you know, I, I cut it off at that. I've got a bunch of different certs and, and stuff, but there seems to be the ones that people care about the most. Gotcha. <laughs> Excellent. That's it. So, so thank you for educating me on that. Um, now, what would you say is maybe the, the most interesting job that, that you've been on or unique or weird or something that just stands out in your head for, with grounding, obviously? Hmm. Well, I mean, one that, and I mean, I, I should have been more prepared for that question um, and, because I've been on so many projects, but one of the things that uh, struck me is years, a few years ago, I was uh, at a water treatment plant in New Jersey and, and it was, it was in, I was in the pipe gallery and you got to remember the pipe gallery, you have, um, you know, uh, tanks on either side of you, possibly tanks above you, all filled with water, none of which are lined, right? They're, they're all just bare concrete. And, and I'm walking through this because we're there to look at the pipe, right? Because they, they've got all this corroding pipe and, and they're kind of perplexed. Like, you know, you know, these pipes are severely corroding and we got all these issues and i'm walking through this huge pipe gallery like it's 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 huge it's long and wide and and they're worried about their pipe and and meanwhile there's water spraying and dripping and and coming out of every 
pipe penetration and cracks and 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 and, and I'm going well i get that you're you know it's like a rainforest in there basically right, okay. uh, have you ever been to niagara falls and been behind the falls <laughs> I, can, I have my wife has uh, but yeah, yeah you can go behind the falls it's kind of like yeah. that right and there's water coming out from everywhere and and i'm like you know we can address the corrosion and take it off and repair it and do all that stuff. But you got to fix this, this leaks. And they looked at me like, well, it's a water treatment plant. I go, yeah, but this doesn't have to happen. Right. right. This is not normal. This is not, you know, just part of the normal day that you just let water spew in and all over the place and expect to have good results. So, um, uh, you know, I made a recommendation and actually at that time, uh, and this, I, I recommended Avanti because I think you were still there at that time. Yep. And, and so, uh, and I think they actually addressed all of that in there, but yeah, it was just how, how oblivious to it they were. And it was like, it was, it was just, there was so much water coming in. Uh, and then there was another, uh, situation here in Canada at a plant North of here that, you know, they had another situation where they have a tank on one side and a pipe gallery on the other. Now, in, in the New Jersey one, the pipe gallery wasn't painted. The walls weren't painted. It was just a concrete room. In, in this one, they kind of wanted to dress it up and, and make it. So they kept painting these walls. And every time they'd paint the walls, I mean, these, all these leaks were happening and the paint would come off. And, and they, they might must have put like 40 coats of paint on this thing. And then I walked in one day and I said, you know, because uh, the paint was now at this point all peeling and they're going, yeah, this is always a problem. I go, well, it's not the paint that's the problem. It's the fact that you've got all this water coming out all over the place. And they go, well, we've tried to stop, but we don't know how to, how to do it. And, and so I gave them some instruction on how to do it. They, they got somebody and I don't know who, and, and I don't even know what product they use and, and uh, they fixed it. And since, uh, and I've talked to them since, and they haven't had any issues uh, since. So, you know, there's it's just that like i said it's the lack of education that there's a fix out there and if let's be honest it's it's not rocket science it's relatively simple fix right it, it, it is it is it, it's just again it's it's non-intuitive you, you know you have you have a fine crack and, and you're having trouble getting grout into it and people crank up the pressure on their pump and they split the concrete and now you've got extra cracks you've just made more cracks in there and stuff so it, it, it's just one of those things. I, I, a lot of times I truly feel my job is just to give people a warm fuzzy, just to stand behind them and go, no, no, it's going to be okay. We're just going to watch it for a little bit and, and you know, just slow down. It's going to be right. You, you know, just slowing people down and getting to, to focus on it because it's, it's definitely, it's, it's not, it, most of the grouting jobs aren't very difficult. Uh, the hardest things is or, earnestly figuring out where to put the grout and getting it to that exact location. You only have to do two things to get grout into work. Get the grout to the right location, keep it there long enough, go off. Pop of water tanks, it's super hard to get it to that location. Sometimes in manholes, you, you have high flows and you got to figure out, well, how am I going to keep my grout there so it doesn't get washed away? But you solve those two things, you're, you're, you're the champion at that point. Well, it's funny. And that, that brings up another memory of a job that we were working on together uh, and, and at one point. And, and they had these uh, um, structures and there was a ton of uh, I and I. I mean, it was, it was bad. And um, so the, the contractor 
um, got the grout that we had recommended and, and, and after I found out how much grout they had pumped into this, like an enormous amount of grout and it wasn't fixing the problem. So I know that somewhere, and this was down in Baltimore, somewhere in, out in the uh, ocean or in the Chesapeake Bay or somewhere, there's a huge grout island floating around. <laughs> There could be people living on that one at this point. Right. It was a lot of growth that they pumped out there with nothing to show for it. So it ended up somewhere, yep. right? It, it went somewhere and I'm not sure where, but yeah. So, so understanding the process of when to stop yep. <laughs> and, and circle back and try a different tactic as opposed to just keep pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping is, uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously some big voids that need to be filled, but at some point, you have to say, okay, that seems excessive. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. When you bring up big voids, urethanes can totally fill big voids. The, the problem with filling big voids with, with urethane, it's usually never cost effective. When right. you have a giant void, use something else, use the urethane for cutoff. And, and you'll see this all the time. You, you, you'll see specs for uh, uh, like flowable fill they're putting in around culverts and stuff like that. It's a lightweight cement. The reason that, that it, it doesn't work in some places is either your angle or you, your water flow is moving the flowable fill out before it sets up. But flowable fill is pennies on the dollar compared to urethanes. So where we get called into those is to come in and put like what I like to call the, the, the grout donut. We just come in and put a little donut, you know, ring, and we stop the flow. And then they finish it off the flowable fill. We don't do the 20 miles of pipe with urethane. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. So there's a time and place. But yeah. you have, but you know, I don't know how many thousands of dollars of grout they pumped into this thing. That, but I, 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 I keep waiting for that uh, grout island to show up on like a Google Earth picture or something from space. I think the, I think the, they can see it from the space station. We just haven't found it yet. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, contractors, everybody's always focused on, on on the dollar amounts of stuff, and so when people do stuff like that, this is when I try to train. I always try to hook it back to dollars and say, you know. You can do that, but you're really just sending my daughter to college or something because yeah. you're, you're wasting the, the, the product at that point. So I appreciate the tip, but here's the right way. And that's where you get into stage grouting and all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, so. there is, there is, well, while we say it's not rocket science, it's like anything else. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, painting isn't rocket science either. Right. But nothing is except for rocket science. Right. But but, you know, there's a process to everything to do it right. And you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world. You just have to know how to follow the proper steps and do it properly and and when to and when not to. And 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 but whenever you do anything uh, wrong, uh, it typically, you know, costs you a lot of money. Right. And and with with poor results. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the things I, I say, and again, I'll bounce this off you since you're from the coating side, I, I always compare our grouts to coatings because coatings, you can see, you can touch them, you, you, you know, you can do all kinds of tests. And, and, um, and this is also going to take into the next thing I'll go is talking about training from manufacturers. But um, I always say it behooves us to train our contractors well and, and support them to get the, the products in uh, correctly. Because it's not like a coating. You know, when you're a coating manufacturer, if, if there's a problem with your coating, you come out there, you do a pull test, you do a spark test, you, you can check the, the millage of it, you, you can, you know, say the surface prep was wrong, and you can say, you know what, 
you didn't follow the, the right installation procedures. With grouting, I come out and say the same thing that the contractor didn't follow the, the right. But what are we going to do? Cut the wall out? You, you, you know, dig up the whole thing in downtown and, and show? It, it, we, we can't prove any of that. So it's very important. Grouting gets a black eye when it's not installed right because we can't test all those things. And I think that's one of the reasons the grouting's always stayed kind of small is because there's no really great engineering quantifiable, repeatable tests that, that work everywhere for, to test grouting. No, it really comes down to is the, the, the water stop. Yes. Right. And if the water doesn't stop, that doesn't necessarily mean that the, there was something wrong with the grout. It's just either the problem was bigger than you thought because you can't see it. Yep. Right. It, it, you know, you're doing educated guesses, right? Yeah. As a grout geek, you know, well, I've seen this before. I know that we're going to have to put a port here and we're going to chase it around here. And, you know, you can make some educated guesses, but you're right. There's no, like I can go in and with the coating and with my gauges and test the DFT and quickly say, well, you know, your spec said you're supposed to have 40 mils on here. You got 20. So you're, you're half of what you should be shame on you. Or I can pull the coating off and say, well, you have no surface profile. You didn't prepare it. You're right. But with grouting, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, the skeptics are like, oh yeah, well that's, you're just saying that to, you know, cover your own butt or whatever, you know, you can't, it's, it's, virtually unprovable other than well you didn't stop the water so it's obviously not working and they say well your grout's no good well most of the i do a lot of failure analysis failure investigations that's the majority of what i do now is 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 uh uh, failure analysis and and i like that it's kind of like csi paint you know and and i enjoy that but the you're the still to this day you know how many a hundred years into this coding thing and still the biggest cause of failures are poor application, poor surface preparation, poor environmental conditions during the application. It's it's always relates like 98% of the time it relates back to something that didn't go right with the application. And, and that can be the same with grouting, right? If, if you don't know, how the water's flowing or or how the or can make some educated guesses of how the water's getting in you don't know where to start and sometimes as you know you could be pumping grout in one side and it's coming out the other side and 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 not doing anything right it it always goes somewhere it's yes how do we get it to go where we want it to on the other you, you know a foot through a foot of concrete how do we control a liquid yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I get that, that it's, it's difficult sometimes, but to me, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a very simple way to address a, uh, one of those common problems that we have. And that's, that's basically water being where we don't want it to be. Right. Yes. And it's, well, you know, I mean, there's a reason we have the Grand Canyon. You give water enough time, it's going to make channels and, 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 and get its way. And our concrete, you brought it up earlier, typically 50 year lifespan, but we know we have concrete structures that are hundreds of years old, you know, that, that are still quote in service and, and working. So um, yeah, it's, 
water is just super powerful as we've discussed and, and well, will make its way well in the in the in truth is i mean i've been in plants that were built in the 20s for instance and the concrete is still spectacular and then i've been in, in plants that were built in the 90s where it's falling apart and right. that that comes right back to the quality of the material you know obviously the stuff that they placed in made uh, uh you know created in place in 1920 was a really good product and stuff that i found in 1990 was subpar it wasn't right. as good a product and and i think that's where you know you're gonna you know there's a been a sort of a uptick in things like grouting and whatnot because when you have substandard original material it's it's got more flaws in it and that's where polyurethane grouting can can save people a lot of headaches and time uh, uh with these you know substrates that are less than ideal yes yeah well i mean typically grouting goes on for, for two reasons one something got old and is now leaking and it's just a lot better than digging everything up or you can't even dig it up or access it so you grout it or two Someone screwed it up when they put it in, <laughs> you know. So it's right. Kind of the two grout, and that's the emergency grouting when they call you up and say, "Hey, can you be here tomorrow with a, a pallet of grout?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, but I want to go over. Um, obviously, I, I'm director of, of technical services. I, I've been on the, the services side for close to 18 years, for pretty much now. Um, so I, I'm a big proponent of, of, of you know training and, and providing service. Uh, one of the few companies that, that I've seen or other manufacturers that, that I've seen that, that, that are real big that I've had involved with, I'm not saying it doesn't exist out there, there's tons, but is Sherwin-Williams has, seems like a champion of, of uh, uh, educating. They've got a, a great technical service group, it seems like. I wanted to get your opinion on, on the value and uh, uh, basically helping to bring contractors, you, you, you know, to the trough, to, to, to drink, to understand, to learn things like, like that. Uh, yeah, I don't even well, know if that was a question, more of a statement, but <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that that was one of the things I think that was um, unique somewhat to our group in, in at Sherman Williams. I mean, Kevin Morris and myself um, uh, saw the, you know, you know, Sherman Williams is a sales organization. OK, they manufacture paint to sell it. You know, they aren't necessarily a technical organization that comes as part of the whole manufacturing and selling. you got to have technical people. But I always believe that the more educated the reps are that are out there selling it, the more they're going to be able to sell. Because if you don't know as much about something as the person you're trying to sell it to, eh, you're going to have uh, very limited results. But if you can at least talk the talk and walk the walk and understand what you're talking about and what you're selling, then, then you're going to be more successful and you're going to be able to help out your customers, which builds customer loyalty. If you solve a problem for somebody, I mean, they don't readily forget you, especially, you know, that, that's how I built my whole career as a rep was help people out solve problems for them and they will always come back for more always right it's very rarely that you save somebody some money and get them out of a jam that they go well i'm gonna lose his number you know right. it's just that's not the way it works so i think that kevin and i 
decided early on when uh, during uh, you know with our relationship how could we make it better how could we make our people smarter and and more equipped to sell and and it's a whole package because you're selling coatings but we know the number one enemy of coatings is water and so it they 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 sort of go hand in hand so i think that you know um running uh these training sessions and Yes, it was for contractors too. We obviously we brought contractors in, but I almost seen the the that was great and everything. But I saw educating our own people is more important than even educating the contractor. You know, right. I, I to be able to then go out and help these guys because I, so I thought they were very successful the the training sessions we did, and I think that you know if you're going to be a sales organization and you don't take and this has been a pet peeve of mine with every sales organization I've worked with in the paint world. You can't just find another one, right? It's not like selling shoes or widgets, you know, there's a technical aspect to coding sales, especially on the industrial side. And, you know, the more educated and, and uh, that you can make your salespeople, um, the better they're going to be, and and the and you're also reducing reducing your own risk at the same time by doing things right. You, we just talked about what causes most failures is ignorance, indifference. It's the same reason that they don't use grout. It's the same reason things fail. Indifference to quality, ignorance to quality. They, a lot of people, like my old man, was classic. He thought he did good work. Right. He just thought everybody was too fussy. Right. Ah, it'll be fine. You know, and I was a young guy who was like, no, I don't think that's right, Dad. I think that's a horrible plan. You know, and he used to tell me all the time, you know, because uh, uh, he never used his blinkers. I may have told you this story before. My dad, <laughs> no, never used, my dad never used his blinkers and they used to infuriate me. And I'd say, you know, in the car, I'd say, Dad, I said, you got to use your blinkers, man. It's you have to be hey, listen to me, smart guy. I've been driving for 50 years or whatever it was, and I've never had an accident. So and I go, yeah, well, you've left a trail of destruction behind you. You just don't know what you don't know. And that's <laughs> kind of like contractors, right? They they think they're doing good, but they don't realize that what they're missing is creating a whole backlog of problems. And and, uh, you know, so I think this all this training that 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 needs to happen with coding manufacturers, I mean, what uh, what could you possibly not what could you possibly lose by being smarter about products right yeah. why not i mean we send as sales organizations and i can speak candidly about that now because i don't work for them anymore um but but you know we spend so much time on on sending people for this training and that training or this you know feel good training and all that stuff that doesn't move the needle at all it's just as somebody can check off a box and say, yeah, we accomplished that. And it just, it was always more difficult when we tried to push them through to real technical training. Cause it's not, you just, you don't do it in an afternoon. Right? right. We used to run our boot camps, if you remember, and, and, and they were intense kind of weeks of, of training and getting things in people's hands and getting a grout gun in their hand and, you know, hooking that nozzle up to the Zerk, and pumping it you know run it you know that kind of stuff is that hands-on that's how i learn yep. i learn by doing right and 
So I think the more that you can convince these uh, coding manufacturers to accept this training and to invest in it uh, will be, because I mean, if you think about it, we know that the biggest opportunity in waterproofing and, and grouting hasn't even, we haven't even scratched the surface of it yet, right? It, we're dealing with things, the obvious, but there's the, the, the stuff that's not obvious that it can fix that, that is the biggest opportunity. Right. And, and, and boy, that, that was, there was a lot there. That, that was great. I mean, the, the insight uh, about the, the training and how you guys set that up for, for wastewater extreme was, was spectacular. Um, you, you hitting on, Oh God, I, I don't even know where to start with all the different things you covered there. But, uh, um, I guess really what it comes down to, I've just totally lost my train of thought is what it comes down to. So, I'm not, this would be injection connection. I'm not a professional podcaster, so I apologize, everybody. Um, but uh, um, I'm, I'm going to start quoting you, say, saying, you, you know, the, the number one, if I can remember the quote now, the, the number one problem for coatings is, is the, the water infiltration. You, I think you, you said something like that, or you said it's a, a major issue. Yeah, on concrete, I mean, yeah. if, if you don't control where the water's going, it's going to control what you do. And, and um you know, we're trying to keep, like I said, we're trying to keep water out of concrete from both sides. Right. Right. From the tank side and from the ground side, we got to try to keep that water out. And, and the, the smartest way to do that. And, you know, it's funny because every project you work on and, and, and you go, well, is there a vapor barrier here? Well, I don't know. They don't know. No. They don't know that the, the record keeping was, uh, you know, uh, suspicious at best. Uh, nobody knows the the uh, so you know and and I'm not a big fan of of um, putting linings over and warranties on things that that I don't know what's going to happen to them from the backside. And there's you know there's I can tell you that the 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 fix for that is more expensive on the other side. Like if I try to do it on the the positive side of the tank, the, where the water is, it's a it's it's an expensive process to try and address water there. It's much better to address it on the other side, right? Right. And grout's not cheap. What what is what is cheap? I mean, what is what is worth? You know, it's a, always a chain reaction. It's always a chain reaction, and you never think it's like. Well, we're going to eliminate inspection on this job because we don't, you know, we don't really have the money for it. Well, well, what about when it fails? Are you going to have the money to fix it? Right. Well, yeah, we'll find the money then. Well, why don't you find it now and save yourself all this aggravation later? Right. Yeah. And it's the same with grout. Why don't you find the money now to do this right and stop the water rather than, you know, here, We'll flip the coin and hope that what comes out the other end fine. Because whenever something goes wrong, it's really expensive to fix. It, it, it is. It is indeed. And and one of the things I, I find going back with this, this training of contractors, when you have companies out there, they're coatings companies. There's tons of, of kind. That's what they do. They install coatings all, all the time. You don't really have a grouting company out there that all the time they're doing a specific type of waterproof grouting. I mean, there are some that do, I guess, relatively consistent, but the majority, I would say the majority, I would say, I don't know, 
65 to 70 percent of the customers, they grout four or five times a year or less than that. And, and so grouting, learning it, even just having a class with them and, and training this stuff, it's like a language. If, if I gave you four Spanish classes, or I guess for, for you up there, could you speak French? No. Okay. See, you're in Canada though. But yeah. so if I gave you a, a four times a year, I gave you a class on French. I bet three years from now, when we went back on it, you'd be able to say a few words, but you would not be fluent or anything like that. And that's the same thing with the grouting training that I do a lot of times. So I, I've changed when I first started, you, you know, I was like this, pro I got really down in the minutia and, and, and went, you, you know, right to, to the, the heart surgical strike on stuff. Now I do a, a giant overview get big concepts, have key concepts, and, and set out the alert to people. That's what I try to do because I know they're not going to remember the whole thing. You know, so I, And so a lot of my training now is focused on these are red flags, but, but the, the beginning and the end of my training is always starts with just remember this sounds like, if it sounds like a grouting opportunity, give us a call. You, you, you know, let us help you select. Uh, um, when you start looking at our tech data sheets, and we have all these different grouts and they all look about the same on the tech data sheet, you're not gonna know. And, th and then the problem is that you're going to call me later with, well, it's not working. And the most embarrassing thing that happens at that point, not just embarrassing, costly, is when I come in and you've already pumped 40 gallons of grout and I come in with two gallons of grout and solve your problem because I selected the right application and the right grout. And then your boss asks, well, what was that other 50 gallons for and why the hell did we do that? Yeah. And so if I have that conversation beforehand, it's all great and everybody looks great. When you have that afterwards, it's embarrassing. Well, it's also comes down to information in, right? Like you, I, I learned this from you uh, early on is that like, you know, water temperature, all there's so much that makes a difference in how quickly that grout sets off. And you have the ability to manipulate the grout to do what you want it to do. If, you know what you're up against, yeah. right? If you know the scenarios and, you know, it's not good enough to go, well, I got a leak, come and fix it. Oh, well, there's a whole bunch more I need to know than that, right? Than just, you know, to, to be able to be effective. And, and I think that that's a good plan. I mean, you can't, unfortunately, you're right. If people are doing this two or three times a year, or maybe it's twice every two years because they just ran into a project yeah. that, that, you know, needed it, but then they didn't need it for like two more years. Another project, up. they're not going to remember any of that stuff. I mean, I can speak for myself. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I can retain the basics of it, but it's a little intricacy. So I think your idea of, of training them to understand, it's almost like training them to understand what they don't know and, yes. and that there's a solution for it. Here's the number call and we'll help you walk you through it because you can do it. It's just you're going to need a refresher to be able to figure it out. That's exactly yes. Right. Yeah. You know. I, I, and and what I've found in the industry when I'm training people that have never done grouting before, the ones that I find that are the easiest, honestly, are people who do coatings. The reason being is because first off, coatings it's methodical, but they're also already handling uh, paint equipment and you, you know chemicals. So. Uh, um, because when you talk to some contractors, like, oh my God, I got to buy an airless paint sprayer and that, that's a giant, can't I just use a cock gun or something? And when you're starting off at that level, you're like, you know, you can, but it's like showing up to do 
a brain surgery and, and you've got you, you you know a drill and a hammer you, you know and a kitchen knife it's yeah. not the, the right way to start off so yeah coding guys we, we did a webinar um with just all internal sherman williams people and there was like 50 people on there and we, we got a, a number of good opportunities out of that but one of the best ones was a flooring guy he just happened to be on, on there one of, one of your flooring guys he got one of his his coding guys who is now a regular grout user. And it's not, they don't go chase the job. They don't go flipping. They just do it all internally. When they run into the situation, they go, you know, this is going to be a problem for our coding. We know it. We're going to go ahead and grout that ourselves beforehand. And one that the, to me is wonderful. One of the biggest problems with flooring, flooring is a nightmare. Like, you know, there's a lot of coding failures on floors and, and a lot of it has to do with moisture. Yep. Right. Because where's that moisture traveling from the underneath the slab? It's coming through. It's chasing the heat. Right. It's coming up through. And anything you put over top of it, you don't address it is 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 coming off like it just, you know, it's blistering and causing issues. So, yeah, I see that's one of the things that, you know, was uh, top of mind for me. It wasn't my division. It wasn't sort of my responsibility. But I always thought the flooring people need to know about this. Yeah. Right. Because so. grouting, uh, is, you know, water is a big problem for them. Well, we've been talking a bit here, Maria. I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, I, I, and honestly, I, I hate pinching this off, but because, boy, just picking your brain is, is spectacular. But uh, Murray's a busy guy. Um, he's one of the few people that I, I know that travels more than I do. Uh, he also covers the North American territory, which is just it's a huge area. And so, uh, you know, we're always on the road, but uh, Murray, thank you very much for, for your time and appreciate I, it. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you about it. Um, thanks for thinking of me. I, I hope I said some things that, that some intelligent things that you could don't, you know, feel at it, at it at will, you know, cut out my wrong ranting rambling. No, no, <laughs> if we edit anything, it's my, uh, my plug where I just couldn't even. <laughs> come up with any words there so uh no it, it's it's wonderful to uh to touch base with you again murray well great thanks a lot appreciate it uh much success with your podcast i hope it you get lots of people tuning in well thank you and, and i know you've been at uh, uh sbc for what about a year now uh, SVP or oh my god cpi CPI. Oh God. Sorry about uh, since, that. We're going to edit that one. Yeah. Yeah. Since, <laughs> uh, since November of 2021. 20, uh, there you go. Yeah. It was a bit delayed because I kind of got plowed over by a car there. And so I, I had a, I, I had a bit of a, 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 a slow start, if you will, while I healed up, but I'm hitting the ground running now. And, and this just attests to how wonderful a person Murray is. He says this all with a smile. Um, he, he got a hip and new pelvis and all kinds of stuff just and, and just went through it. What, like five weeks later, you're out golfing again? Yeah, about that. That's it. So, I mean, you talk about getting up and just taking care of stuff and getting back at it in a foreign country. Oh, my God. So, Murray, <laughs> just amazing. I'm sorry you had to go through that. But it, it, it's, it's wonderful when you can smile about it and you know you've kind of you know well i had them put a, I, I asked them to put a grease nipple in uh, just to keep it uh, they wouldn't do it but i wanted them to put a grease nipple in kind of like a zerk you know? grouch you yeah then. exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. well on that note so now that we're into medical grouting we'll go ahead and end this podcast and maybe that'll be the next one we start thanks everybody <laughs> All right, thanks
All right. So uh, excellent, Barry. I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I hope it was what you were expecting. You know, it, uh, it was more so. So, so no. Yeah. I mean, this is one one of uh, uh it, it it had a a, a life of zone and, and, and kept rolling. So I had to yeah. cut it off somewhere. But uh, but no, I appreciate it. Well, I and and I hope they one day because I'm thinking of a bunch of different angles. I'm back shooting some uh, rants and whatnot again, uh, and and you know I want to do sort of a uh, few other things similar to what you're doing, and and uh, from a coding perspective, perspective, and and so one day hopefully I will have you uh, join me on a podcast. And, Excellent, and, yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So absolutely. Well, cool. You, you have right. a good one. I'm gonna get back at it here. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Catch you later.